Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. Hey, Moraine, episode 47. <laughs> I just love the way how we always start every episode with that same shout out. Ah, it just gets then, me in the mood straight away. And then we kind of have a shock feeling that it goes, 47, really? What the f- 47? Yeah. Exactly. And then we and say something along the lines of, I never believed we'd get to this number. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> That's su- that gets super boring. Anyway, I have boring. to say, we did get a really nice, uh, well, not really a review, but a shout out on, on uh, Twitter uh, saying that our last episode was made somebody really happy. Really happy? Really happy. Oh, and of my course, super, is going super prepared that I always am. Uh, let me look that up. <laughs> while, while he's looking that up, folks, we should say that uh, we're back in lockdown, along with everybody else. So yes. uh, we're uh, we're looking at each other on a video recorder, uh, across on our laptops, and uh, you know we can't hold hands like we normally do when we record one of these podcasts. No, and and I can't be embarrassed when I fart anymore. Oh. That's true. When you open the door and kind of waft your behind as if that's a clue, you know? Exactly. Uh, that I, I then embarrassingly pretend not to notice. <laughs> exactly. Now, speaking of farts, this was the person that was contacting us on Twitter. No, no, no. Oh, that is... Oh, jeez. No. Uh, somebody gives us a compliment and you throw an insult back. Yeah, okay, okay. No, but really, uh, th- to be honest... Um, when I woke up this morning, um, <laughs> short story. So I have these new Google Home uh, devices. And a few days ago, uh, when I was setting the alarm for the, the next day, uh, the Google Home thing said, well, you know, there, you can actually set up routines. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. So yesterday evening, I set up a routine for the evening and for morning. So when I wake up, I just say, hey, Google, good morning. And then it, uh, I set it to start reading the news and start reading a, a seven-minute uh, podcast. So there's this seven-minute daily good vibrations podcast, whatever. So I take my phone and I start doing uh, Twitter and Facebook and, and Insta and all these things. So sleepyhead as I have. I open up Twitter and I read this post from Marcus Rowell saying, this was a really great episode. One of the best description of the differences in adopting Teams versus the other M365 products. So I was immediately in a good mood. I was ready to rock and roll. Yeah, I was all good. So thank you, Marcus, for that brilliant shout out. Ah, lovely. 
Well done, Marcus. I like that. But but that story raises only one question for me. Oops. What do you do with for seven minutes? Oh, no. It's just like the seven minutes to getting gear. It's seven minutes. And you will uh, listen to a podcast at the same time. No, well, it's it's that's the podcast, and then I'm just doing Twitter and and Facebook and stuff uh, like okay. that. On, well, one has time. to do something when you're sitting down, I guess, after you climb out of bed. No, I'm still in bed at that moment. I'm just saying, <laughs> "Good morning, Google," or "Hey, Google, good morning," and then she it. turns on the lights, and then she starts reading the news and stuff like that. She turns so, your lights on too. She turns me on. Uh, she turns it on. Yes. She- turns it on you you really do have a problem don't you with uh you know laziness and technology yes because <laughs> i already had so many ideas for other routines as well like my shower routine that it would automatically start playing my favorite uh spotify list for example my classic rock list while i'm in the shower but also after let's say five or seven minutes automatically stop playing so that I know how long I'm right. in the shower. Yes. Or just tell okay. me like, get out of the shower, you lazy bastard. It's time to go to work. Something like that. You are play. You're too much imagination, too much imagination, but yes. you know, we had the collab days in Benelux and I won an Alexa. You did. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I will tell you, and I'm going to do my usual unprepared thing now. <laughs> I also need to sort of shout out, but uh, Icefire Studios. It's Icefire. Yeah, Icefire. Yes. Ice yes. So I've got that, but they have a problem. And I quote Hey, Steve, I've been in contact with Amazon, and for some reason, no Amazon store will ship an Alexa to Belgium. <laughs> I know. I know. When I got mine, I always had to get them in Germany. Yeah. Was well, that where you had to get them from? Okay, no. That's no. interesting. I know a strange letter today, though. I have a UK Prime, Amazon Prime account, because I basically want to watch Grand Tour, and that's how you watch it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But I got a letter from Amazon Germany today to say that they were unable to charge my Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. So I wonder whether that's a uh, Brexit thing, so whether I've been kind of mm. migrated from because of my location. Wow, the things that we are talking about today. And <laughs> six minutes in and we, you know, well, we've done the same as we've advertised before. At least they're technology related. <laughs> they <laughs> are, yes. And at they least technology related. At least it's not about riding bareback on the wild moors of Scotland with a flame hair made on Christmas morning. You promised me you wouldn't tell anybody else that story. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's hey, actually, listen. according to the whiskey that I'm going to taste later on, that is what it is. I was just about to tell everybody, because we're in lockdown and we're kind of 40 kilometers away from each other or whatever, I suppose you know the exact distance because you drive it every week. Uh well, it no, is an hour's, it's an hour's drive, but... Um, whatever, whatever. So yeah. you're doing one whiskey and I'm doing another. So you're, going, you're staying exactly. with Scotland. Yes. I'm going to America. So yes. uh, we'll tell everybody about those a little bit later on. But yes. I have some questions for you. So I'm going to play devil's advocate again and, and ask you some dodgy questions. And you've got oh. no idea where I'm going with this. <laughs> because uh, we haven't really had a chance to do it. It's been... <gasps> 
a bit of a day for both of us. So here's, here's my question. Okay. How do we collaborate? Not how what do is we... collaboration? My the question I was thinking about was how do we collaborate? Because at the end of the day, our career is about delivering the tools that give people the ability to share and collaborate, and that's basically what we do: MS Teams, SharePoint, OneDrive sharing, and all that. And so we kind of have the mechanics of giving somebody else access to you know, a file or a piece of content and all that. But that's not really collaboration. And we were talking at the weekend when we were thinking about presentations. And we said that we really ought to do one that kind of says, hey, these are the best way of collaborating. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking, okay, from a a question is, how do we collaborate? And So I did a kind of Google search on it, which has brought up a few surprises. So before I go into some of those things that we're thinking, my question to you, Mr. Consultant, and you are not allowed to say Sven's favorite words. Okay. It depends. It's no, no, that's not allowed. You you Ah. couldn't help yourself, could you? All right. So how to collaborate? Question. That's what I thought too. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, right, how to clue, how I? to collaborate? Well, I, I actually had a very very funny thing happen this morning on the way to the forum. Um, I was actually Can you remember that. Of course, wow! A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Yes, that was a great film. Yeah. Um. So um, earlier today, uh, so I prepared uh, a PowerPoint deck for a presentation tomorrow and I had a review meeting earlier today. So I stored it in OneDrive, shared it with the person, the person opened it up and we had a Teams meeting while we were talking about it. She shared her screen and while she was on a specific slide, I was also on that same slide editing the text and she was just freaking out like, what is happening with this slide? What is happening with this slide? I didn't touch it. I promise. I promise. I didn't touch it. <laughs> so then I had to. I had to come in and like, don't worry. I, I did that. That's that's okay. That's what is supposed to happen. Wow. So you taught somebody today. You taught them something new. They, uh, they went from maybe, happy maybe. to fear to contented to amazed. Oh, to amazed. Yeah. Mm. I, had a, I had a similar experience a few weeks ago before I get on to uh, where I want to go with this. But um, uh, I was uh, working with a team. We're migrating a, a fairly complex set of SharePoint 2013 sites. Uh, these are This guy is kind of uh, a lead for, for his team. And uh, so he's built workflows in this site. He's kind of lots of subsites, lots of security groups. It's very complex. Um, but you know, that's where it is. So we've been working on how to migrate that across and do it the easy and simplest way. But I simply, uh, I created a PowerPoint presentation with all the questions that I needed to, to ask. Then I updated the PowerPoint presentation, saved it in the, in the team site that we were working on together. And then I left him the job of updating the last slide, which was, you know, I've got a hub site and tell me what sites you want to go underneath it and how we configure it and everything else. And, um, 
I just sat and watched him for the next two hours filling out the spreadsheet sorry filling out the presentation because you know we were both working on the same file we I was now doing different meetings um, but as he was working on there adding the different things into the diagram slide that was outlining his new structure of SharePoint sites I sat there watching him and then if he did anything wrong I just jabbed him and went hey da 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 and he would go That's oh yeah that's not supposed to go here. there Okay. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But but it was quite neat. And and he said, you know, he came back online later and he said, I've done the uh, organization, the restructure. And I went, yeah, yeah, I'll be watching you. And uh, it was kind of real-time collaboration-ish. But anyway. Okay, 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 okay. That okay. is the practical, technical side and tools that we can provide and do. But... Was it really collaboration that I was doing and that you were doing? I honestly don't know. No, so anyway, you were just being things. you were just being nosy and just being like this this uh what's that called? The big brother is watching you was, kind of I thing. I was being a voyeur. A voyeur, yes, exactly. But <laughs> voyeur makes it sound tasteful, so that's not what it was, I guess. Uh, oh no, it was good. I mean, I know the guy very well indeed, so it wasn't a real problem. I wasn't stalking him or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so anyway uh, here's, here's a couple of points for everybody when we talk about collaboration and it's, it's these points are important because it's not just about providing collaboration tools for users it's about also understanding the process so here's a couple of key points participating in a collaboration means that you need to understand the exact goal and timeline and purpose so, go on, I can see you waving your finger at me. These videos are really weird, this video connection. Go. I know. But shouldn't we start with defining collaboration? What, what is collaboration? Can we find what is a collaboration? Good, can we find a good, a good uh, definition, definition for that? It's like working together, but is that working together in order to achieve something? I quite like this idea. So, how about ensuring everybody's on the same page? Sure, but can't we find what is no, what was what, what does the dictionary say? Collaboration uh, is the process of two or more people or organizations working together to complete a task or achieve a goal. Collaboration is similar to cooperation. Most collaboration requires leadership, although the form of leadership can be social within a decentralized and egalitarian group. Wow. So it just means working together in order to achieve something. That's what we do then, is it? All of that stuff. Yes. Working together. I'm not sure that's true. What about what about the uh, entrepreneurialism that comes from uh, collaborating together and developing new ideas and something different? We've done that a few times, and we get a lot of value out of that, and it's very enjoyable. It's true, but then we're working together to achieve something. So we're trying to achieve something. We're trying to come up with a new business plan, with a new idea, with a new concoction. Uh, so that's kind of got a goal in mind yes so, so we need to get an end result we're just we're not just working together we we want to achieve something 
So that's interesting because one of the other definitions that I, not a definition, one of the statements around here is the purpose of collaboration should be obvious to all participants. I need to rephrase that. The purpose of the collaboration should be obvious to all participants. I, I agree. So are we now talking characteristics of collaboration? Yes. So the goal should be known to everyone. I think that is super important. Yeah, I like that. I think understand mm -hmm. the exact goal and timeline. Yeah. So everybody involved in the collaboration should do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. here's the question then. With all these meetings that we have around here all the time, that we're both having to attend as we start to work from home, is that clear for everybody? Is that actually something that you make the statement of at the beginning of a meeting or at the beginning it of a collaboration session? It should be. It should be. And I know that there are things under wraps to make sure that everyone who is going in a meeting knows beforehand what the idea of the meeting should be the yes exactly so the meeting um how do you call that the meeting meeting plan oh. or the yeah something like that so it's something that you can do in outlook right now so you can just when you send out that meeting invite you can write down why you want to have that meeting or why people should be there um I say that's mandatory. I never send a meeting request out without it something in text. It should be. Says... Yes. So if you, uh, for example, um, there are a uh, few people have been creating like etiquette guides, like uh, the, the uh, gray beard uh, podcast uh, thingy, gray hat beard, and, and Matt Wade as well. They've been creating guys. etiquette guides uh, on, on meeting etiquette. Um, and, and one of those things is definitely never send out a meeting request without writing down why you're having that meeting, what is going to be discussed and why the people should be there. I actually go one further than that. I never, ever go to start a meeting if I'm owning that meeting without defining why we are there and what we are doing. It's yeah, so, mandatory so, for me. Yeah, so we're in a meeting for 50 minutes this should be the outcome after 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily do that, but the timeline is important. I get that. All right, mm -hmm. cool. So here's another definition then, or another collaboration. Dealing with issues as a group. Mm -hmm. so coming up it? with solutions for a problem. Mm -hmm. Discussing conflicts openly. How to collaborate. Being transparent, very agile is being mm. very open and transparent. Would, is, they, is, would that be a sign of good collaboration if things are, if things can be discussed openly? They have is that to be. a characteristic of good collaboration? It's mandatory. So imagine that you say something that is incorrect, but you don't admit to the team that, Actually, I might be wrong, but I think. Or what What would it be if we did X and Y? You, you, mean, my daily, you mean my daily nine to five? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in that meeting and in some way you're not open and honest, then 
A, you're being inefficient to everybody, but also, you know, you could be missing the point of what you're trying to gain and you could just end up going off in a tangent and then wasting everybody's time. Like we do on the podcast every week. (laughs) We waste everybody's time, which is why we get great comments feeding back. So I don't believe we waste that many people's time. Um, It's another statement then about collaboration. The nature of collaboration involves people with different priorities working together. Oh, I like that one. Yes. So do I. Mm, that's a good one yes people with different priorities exactly so for example the project you're on you want to do give people a a better uh, collaboration experience while the security people are trying to make it a very secure way of working oh tell me about it we had long conversations Mm -hmm. about connectors yes so uh, uh, in this particular case, they say, hey, those connectors for Power Automate, yeah, what about them? Well, we want you to test every single one of them and make sure that the DLP rules are applied. What? But, but, <laughs> but, 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 but there is 363. That was two weeks ago. There's now 384 in my <sighs> blocked containers oh. because that's, yeah, well, if you're not going to test them, then we need to raise that as a serious risk. Okay. Wow. So, Can't so you yes, right. test out the ones that you're probably going to use? Well, we're I not don't... going to use them. That's the point. So we want to make sure that they can't be used. So that's the test. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. So okay, if okay. you set a workflow or a power automate up to post something to Facebook, that needs to be blocked so it can't work. So you need to try that out. So you need to create a, an account with all these three D, uh, third parties, providers, and try to connect to it. And, hmm, wow. More importantly, okay. you need to then document the results because you need to have evidence to prove it doesn't work. Oh, so, yes, wow. security, uh, as much as I love you guys out there, I know you're there to make my life difficult. And I'm there for you to smile all day. <laughs> Guess what we've got him doing today? <laughs> <laughs> all yeah. right, all right, all right. All right. No, Let's that go is, back to that. So, yeah, that's a brilliant characteristic, to be honest. Yeah, the nature of collaboration involves people with different priorities working together. So that kind of implies that you need to have people where something is important for one and not important to another. Exactly, yes. And if I think about it, we've had this conversation before, you know, where, and, and but thinking about most of our best conversations are where, well, I don't really care, but you do care. And then one of us just ends up baiting the other, trying to find out whether they really do care. But that's the same in the meeting <laughs> uh-huh. as well, isn't it? <laughs> but if you, you know, if if you think back to some of the meetings that we've been in together, where we've like, I, I think of a, a sales director that wanted. <laughs> I can, to be able I can to think do... of a few. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, the collaboration was really important for them because they had a disparate group all over the all over Europe, and to be able to provide mm-hmm. that location, and yet there was people in the same meeting that had six people round six desks in the same tight little office that just shouted to each other. Collaboration to them was just, "Hey, I love milk in my coffee, please." 
as opposed yeah. to and so that that really added a dynamic to the room so that's interesting how then do we configure ms teams to the ad, to have that kind of advantage so that when they're messaging or exchanging content that there is actually good collaboration going off and actually is there a difference is it well they're just file sharing there and they're actually truly collaborating there uh, i think that um it might not be important it's... either bear that in mind it might just be one of my stupid questions no 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 but i think uh proper collaboration is uh tool agnostic and really comes down to how teams use the tool. It's what I always say to all the girls that I get in bed. It's not the size of the tool that matters. It's how you use it. And here we go. Something else uh, I have to cut out of this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll forget it. I need to now anyway. remember to check the box. Yeah. No, no, yeah. I won't forget it at all. No, in fact, we have the I 18 plus. This, yeah. I can already see the social messages that I'm going to be writing about that one, but... Uh, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. After the Gentleman's but, Club that we had last time. No, but did, it is... That came out today or yesterday. Did you not see the, uh, the, the tweet? I did. I did. I, I did. That was I did. funny. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. I think so, I retweeted so, or something. Yeah, so if you did see that social message of ours about the uh, uh, Gentleman's Club and tell me what the service is in Teams again. I forgot it. The... T uh, working together, the together mode. There we go, the together yes. mode. Yes. If you were offended by that, um, we're not sorry. It was funny. It was very yes. funny. If you are offended by that, then maybe this is not the right podcast for you. But Moraine's maybe got a seven-minute podcast that will keep you happy. Just ask him for it. I just want to say that, yeah, maybe you should just go and do the seven-minute How to Be Happy podcast, something like that, yes. So yeah, uh, I think no, we need but, to change the subject. No, yeah, to come back to the to the topic, um, I I think that even with a file share, if you have people that have proper etiquette on how to work together, if they have good rules and good understanding, and everyone's aligned on priorities and the goal, I think that even with a file share, you can do proper collaboration that sounds like the most boring collaboration i'd ever want to be involved in you're kind of prescribing what and how people are going to work together no no i'm just saying if you buy a peugeot or a ford you can travel the world but it's more fun to do it in a ferrari that makes no sense to your previous statement whatsoever <laughs> It's a fact. I agree no, with you. It's I know, fact. but I, I just have a, I just have a picture of Ferrari here next to my desk. So I was just looking at it. So yeah, sorry, got so sidetracked. What were you looking at earlier when you were talking about girls and tools? Uh, oh, you got sidetracked. You missed that. Bit, <laughs> um, all right, let me go back to uh, another one. How's this for a statement then on collaboration? I, I'm not sure where we're going with any of this, by the way. I mean, it's it's all good stuff to be able to come up with these rules for collaboration, but how does that actually help people do a better job working in uh, Office 365? So we'll, we'll come back to that mm -hmm. point in a minute, but um, the best way to collaborate, there's a statement here that, that uh, I was kind of hooked by. Get everyone on the same page. 
Not entirely sure that that means you'll get a diversity, but get everyone on the same page. The most important thing you can do is collaborate, is to get people to work with you on the same goals. If everyone is distracted by working on their own project, nothing gets done. As a member of the team or team leader, you need to sit down and discuss your short and long-term goals. This is, sounds like a recipe for a really boring collaboration. This is what I want, yes. and you will all agree with me. Yes and no. This is like for a company to say, this is the, the, the goals that we want to work on this year, and this uh, trimester or this quarter we want to have these goals and this week we want to get this out and yeah i i, I kind of see that happening yeah i don't know I it's, don't know. it's, it's not on every level but you you kind of need to go where you want to go in the long term so that you can break it down into shorter term goals and then the really is like stepping stones like how do we get to those goals? So you think everything is that simple? Everything is that simple. It's, no, it's only, it's only us it. from IT who are trying to make everything complicated. That's us. Yep. <laughs> that's, where, that's where the whiskey comes in. I, th I think there's a, the best kind of collaboration that I've ever been involved in is when you have people that have a different mindset. That's why we work. You know? That is true. We, we never agree on anything. So that's why we're such a good team. But I also think that within a team that is collaborating, you need to be able to have those kind of out-of-the-box, left-field ideas so that you move the thinking of the rest of the team. Surely that's key attribute to collaboration. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, and you need a, people with... Problem different backgrounds in order to we, we've got to get used to this again haven't we you know yeah. being in lockdown and not over speaking each other because it's mm -hmm. that much more difficult to do whereas sitting in the same room with the body language we kind of know when somebody's about to say something yeah i know and ah okay. uh, well we are where we are. That is fine. I, I get that. But that's interesting. Is it is the point of collaboration to get everybody in agreement or to come up with the best idea? <laughs> well, how long have you been living in Belgium for now? Uh, okay. I've been living here for 20 years. I'll follow 20 this 20 years. Okay, 20 years. So... Have you been following any of the politics in Belgium? Like we've got Flanders, we got Wallonia, we got Brussels. So you should know extent. by now that in Belgium we never go for the best solution. We always go for the solution that everybody kind of I agrees to, agree to. Yes. And if nobody likes the outcome, then that means it's a good solution. Wow, sounds like a trumpite. <laughs> a what? <laughs> a trumpite, you know? Uh, whatever he says goes. Oh, oh no, no, okay, no, 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 no. But that's 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 the saying around politics in Belgium. Like, if everybody hates the solution, it's a good solution. 
Yeah, right. So that's good collaboration. I'll make a note of that one then. There we go, folks. So uh, Stephen Moraine's definition of collaboration is if you are all in disagreement, then you are collaborating because you all agree to disagree and therefore you must be at the right solution. At least people are talking then. Ah, So they're talking to each other to come up with a better solution maybe. So Mm. does that actually mean that our job is to get people to talk to each other or to exchange ideas through the tools that we provide? So maybe this idea that we're providing collaboration isn't really true. We're just providing the means to communicate so that that drives collaboration. Yes, I think so. I think we should just give people the tool, give people ways to use the tool, but then let them discuss amongst themselves how they want to use it how to they they need to discover the art of using the tool they need to start understanding the pitfalls and the quirks and the the ways around something so that they can come up with their own etiquette of collaboration of working on and and how that best works for them as you said it might be six people sitting in the same room or it might be 5,000 people spread across Europe. Last podcast, number 46, was it? Yes, so Mm -hmm. 46, we talked about adoption. We talked about the fact that... Adoption and adoption, which was a brilliant title, by the way. Yes. No, 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 I I was fine. I worked hard on it, at least two or three minutes. Um, But... One of the things we did agree with was that to be able to sort of categorize that ROI, you need those sort of performance indicators, and you also need to know where you're starting from. So the idea of one and two and three, the idea we, we kind of said, and I know I'm repeating the same thing, but I just think it was so cool that if I'm in number three, I'm, I kind of just jump in with both feet and I use the tools and I just get on with it. I don't need training. Number two, Hey, you know, show me how to do it and then I'm good to go. I'm happy, but I don't know mm-hmm. how to work it out myself. And number one, I just don't want to do this full stop. So if you take the view that you have just said that all we really do is we give people the tools so they can work out how to use them, then we're not driving collaboration. We're just throwing the grenade over the wall and running. No, so no, 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 no. We we need to show the people the quirks and 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 how you could work with this i mean the people that were building paintbrushes they didn't teach michelangelo how to paint the sistine chapel no but michelangelo did advise them on how the brushes should work for the better so that he could create better paintings exactly so we need business input. We need business input in order to build or to come up with the best possible collaboration solution. I just love it when I set you up for such a great line. Boom, baby. <laughs> I, I like that idea. I think it's true. I think the idea is it comes back to that uh, definition we said earlier, though, that we need people with different priorities in a group of people for true collaboration. It's true. So what would be, if if we think about painting that Sistine Chapel, so you've got 
the people that ordered it and they needed to be beautiful, but you got that, their that accountant. The Pope, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, the Pope yeah, yeah. Says, let's have something on the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of so the Michelangelo, usual, just plain white. Yes. Yeah. I so Michelangelo that. says, I could potentially do something with that. Actually, he went, I could do something with that. Or was Michelangelo Italian? I'm, I'm, I no guess idea. I'm, <laughs> Not me. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And his accountant probably says, or the account of the Pope, or the, the, how do you call that, the treasurer of the Vatican probably said, yeah, but it can't cost too much. Um, so then in order to paint the ceiling, he probably had to build these scaffold things. So somebody probably needed to go in and check if it was safe to work in those conditions. Oh, yeah, there would have to be. A, that's true. In those days, it was really hot. They had a health and safety officer to make sure that everything was fine. <laughs> <laughs> but let's let's just bring this back yeah. to a little bit okay. more reality and actually take oh, Spotify, okay? Take Spotify, take the Agile oh, process. Yeah. The way that Spotify works is they work in uh, the, the idea really is agile, but Spotify are just a great example for it. So they have a team of people that includes software developers, of course. It includes testers. It includes the networking people. It includes people that master it. They, they have a representation in a group of eight people, potentially eight or 12 people maximum, that actually are able to make decisions around each of those areas to get them to the point. So the idea of that collaboration, which is a really great example, is that when somebody says, yes, but what about the network? There's somebody there that can say, actually, the network, no problem at all. If somebody says, yeah, but how can we upload that update into the service? You can do it on Tuesday. We've got an update going out. So in terms of that efficiency and collaboration, having the right skills in the room is one thing. Having the right knowledge in the room is another. And having the right knowledge available to the team is another. So you're kind of starting to see that this whole Office 365 stuff, and the knowledge management, the ability to communicate well together, the ability to sort of communicate outside the box, the ability to throw your idea in at any time, is like kind of building the idea of what collaboration really is. And we've touched on most of it in the last kind of 35 minutes. So you actually say that we need a multi multidisciplinary team in order to facilitate the best possible collaboration. I like people that don't always work well together in a team. I like people that have got courage to understand that, hey, this is not going to be easy. And I like people that have got goal focus to say, I want to kind of make this happen. And so, yes, I think some of those, the people in the team are really, really important. So um, you actually need, you need an A team. Uh, yes. So that was on television the other day. I always suddenly got hooked into an old episode of A team coming on the screen. Uh, yeah. But to, to a bunch extent, of people with value. their own skill sets and yeah. So we're kind of 37 minutes into this now. So I have, I'd like to take a slight shift to one side. To whiskey? No, oh, no not yet. Okay, okay. Two whiskeys, yeah, okay. in fact. It's going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure we have time. Of course, we're going to be tasting two whiskeys, so putting two opinions forward. So just to kind of finish off in the last five minutes, sure. I'll ask the sure, following sure. question. One of the things that I get asked all the time is um, – what do I use MS Teams for if I have SharePoint? What do I use SharePoint for if I have OneDrive? 
how do I do X and save this document and share it with John? Do I put it in my OneDrive and share it from there? Okay. And we all know off the top of our heads what those reasons are. But there's a lot of different kinds of tools in this place that we're going to present to these users. So it's really important that an organization says, hey, if you need to collaborate in, uh, uh, with this particular kind of output, then these are the kind of tools you need to use. Or do you really just let people get on with it and do whatever they want? No, but I also believe that Teams is not always the answer if you want to collaborate. That's true. Pen and papers worked well for years. Are you thousands to thousands of, of years. <laughs> thousands of years. Are you trying to talk yourself out of a job? No, no, absolutely not. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, Teams is not always the answer. It could very no, well be... No, I wasn't be thinking about Teams. But, but how do we provide that clarity for the business then? Yeah, and, and also Microsoft doesn't make it super easy because Microsoft always has at least five different ways to come up with the same outcome. So I can share... If, if I'm going to Teams and I want to share a file, I can create a Teams file share link or i can create a sharepoint file share link and those two things are totally something else and they're totally behaving totally different and i get questions like okay when should i use what link because people don't understand so you have to get to the point where it doesn't matter but exactly. for example if I'm in SharePoint and I'm asking somebody to make comments, they're likely to be doing it on a Yammer feed within the SharePoint site. Whereas if somebody else has picked the same file up in MS Teams, they're going to be doing it inside the Teams messaging. So there yep. needs to be some governance and control around somewhere and some kinds of explanations. So I, you know, people ask me the other day very often, hey, I've got OneNote. OneNote is awesome. We've been sharing this OneNote file. Uh, no, OneNote is a personal note-taking tool, unless it's in Office 365, in which case it will manage the sharing. So tell me about the file. Why is it a problem? Well, there's 50 of us that have been working on this OneNote file stored on a file share, and I need to migrate it now into Office 365. So, you know... Oh, yeah, okay. and by the way... And by the way, uh, our weekly Excel uh, that we always uh, create, we store that in that same OneNote as well. So now that OneNote file is like four gigabytes big. And they get really upset if it's suddenly not available anymore. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so setting those rules are kind of important uh, to make sure that everybody understands them. So at least when they say, hey, we're not collaborating very well because the file's gone wrong. Well, I did tell you so. On the 22nd of January, I pointed out that you should not continue doing this thing. Aye. Well, mm. they, that's what they pay us for, to tell them things that they can ignore. Yes, but how do we... Because we, we, now, we started with, with defining what collaboration is. We talked about characteristics. Um and some some technological how tos but how do we how do you go in and so let's say you've got an organization and they say okay we want to improve how we collaborate how do you what's what's the five step approach for that my five step step approach is going to be different to yours and it's going to be different to somebody else's but the thing that is different is going to be the way that that team currently collaborates. So my first question is, well, 
how do you generate your ideas now? And they will say, hey, we we have a weekly coffee meeting where we just throw in a bunch of stuff uh, or we put post-its on the wall or we collect all of brainstorm our ideas in the good old-fashioned way of everybody throws in and, and then we sort them out afterwards. So they will have a process and then we just need to apply the kind of tools that would support that process. And everybody so, will wait, do wait, something wait. So stop, step different. one. Step one is check their processes, see how they work. As you said right at the beginning of this podcast, you know, it's not about the technology, it's about how they work together. So check their existing process, get their information flows for generating new ideas or uh, reaching decisions. And then see where, and then step two might be see where we can improve with technological aids. No, not yet. We get there. Just hold your thought on that one. I think the next one is really understanding the timelines around this. So do they meet regularly? Do they need to be prompted for meetings? Do they have alerts or reminders? You know, do they do they do it in real time or non-real time? You know, are they all in the same building? Are they not in the same building? So I think there's some questions around the how we communicate, which we've covered a lot. So we know why they communicate in terms of, you know, what they're trying to achieve. We need to find out whether they have a structure around their collaboration. So regular stand-up meetings in the morning, for example, and what content do they need to have available for that? Um, meetings with the boss, is there a one-to-one meetings to get approval? So I think there's some process that we need to understand so that we can build that. And then potentially we can start to suggest a set of tools that both gives them the means to communicate, but gives them the structure to manage that process and communication. So I think tools comes in about number three. And number four is... Uh, how do you collate the answers and how do you collate the output? And number five is how do you take that and fit it into whatever the governance of your business is? So in the last podcast, we talked about the golden rule for all of this stuff is not to stop production. Mm -hmm. So doing change. So this is all about change, of course, collaborating, you know, and there's the social stuff we'll say, you know, keep making the widgets. You know, yes. the golden rule is keep making the widgets. Uh-huh. Um, so so I think you're right. So you talked about a five-step approach. So I think understand how the team and where they are and how they collaborate at the moment. Find out um, whether they need to have any kind of structure around there. Then come up with the kind of tools that allow them to do that. And that's fine. Uh, I can't remember what number four was. And number five, of course, is how you change people into that kind of process. So mm-hmm. I think there's the five-step approach. And if anybody can remember what number four is, then tweet us, hey, Cy Steve and Moraine Summers, and tell us the one that we forgot. But um, uh, funny old conversation today, but we've got some whiskeys to taste. <laughs> That's uh, very... Do you like that segue? Um, subtle yes. segue? Uh, it's very subtle, Yes. <laughs> So the real question I have for you, Moraine, is do we just can this podcast and do something else or did you like that? No, I think I think it's good to every now and again go back to the basics because if people wouldn't go back to the basics, like go back to, okay, what is collaboration? How do we collaborate? How do we want to collaborate? Then tools like Slack or MS Teams would never come to existence. If people wouldn't think about, I'm using a file share, I'm using SharePoint. Mm, 
well, I'm still mailing around. So wouldn't that be easier if we could collaborate in the same space with both our emails and our files and our tasks and our whatever's all in that one place? Boom, we got Slack, you got Teams. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I had a great example. I was speaking to somebody this morning that was talking about uh, just having built a, a SharePoint site for the, a kind of group of people. So it was their public SharePoint site. Then it's like everything else. I know how I how the site is going to work, but you guys now need to fill it with content. And so yeah. this group of people said, hey, well, we can create some blogs. And then do we email everybody and tell them that we've created some new blogs? Okay, no, the whole point of this is to remove the emails that we're sending out, not to kind yeah. of add more to it. And so I, you know, I said, look, just put a link now at the end of your email in your address bar, in your signature box. Hey, new blog items posted here and put the URL for the site in. So everybody is constantly reminded where your new ideas or your new news is coming from. Don't generate more and more emails. Uh, because uh, hey and again in the last podcast because it was such a cool podcast we talked about how we can move people from messaging to messaging from email so you know moving those people and it's those kinds of tools and techniques that we're talking about now that will actually allow them to move so cool exactly I think you're right back to basics it's not a bad idea yeah every now and again we need to do that just like my whiskey no, my whiskey. That is no, no, my whiskey. That's no, my going whiskey. going back to simplicity. Going okay. back to the basics. That is what my whiskey is all about. It is not. It's rubbish. It is so complex and deep, and it's such is brilliant. I have to say. Don't get me wrong. I know what he's tasting tonight because I've tasted it too. Tell me why yours is so simple then, with the mixture of distilleries that create it. Because it is, um, oh shoot! What's the word? It it doesn't it doesn't think big of itself. Like the people that create it, they don't want to make a big fuss out of it. They just want to make it nice and simple, and this is what it is. So we're well, just gonna blend. We're gonna blend like three major proper whiskeys together and we're not going to make a big fuss out of that it already sounds complex you're mixing together three big proper whiskeys and it's simple every blend is complex every whiskey is complex mm, that is true too because you then, need to get that same tasting palette over and over and over again or not i don't mind whiskey being slightly different from one bottle to the next it's part of the advantage uh, yes, that is very true. But if you're gonna mass mass market something, that it, every one of them need to be need to look the same or look the same, taste the same. Yeah. Okay, so your simplicity is based upon the fact it's going to mass market. In which case, why don't they just call it Scottish whiskey instead of that great name? True, it's a good question. Why don't you tell everybody the great name? What's the whiskey you're going to be tasting? I am gonna taste the Monkey Shoulder. Monkey shoulder. The monkey shoulder. I always think that is a bourbon, you know. For many years, when I looked at the bottle and I looked at the label and I looked at the name, I thought, that's a bourbon. Mm. And I was very surprised a few years ago. Yeah. 
I have to admit, the bottle just looks awesome with those three monkeys uh, on it. It kind of reminds me of that new Dalmore bottle that I just got with that deer antler uh, on it. So this got that those three monkeys, and and I just love how that bottle looks. It reminds me of some kind of pirate bottle from hundreds of years ago. So I could see like a Jack Sparrow waving it around uh, while he's drinking. So that that is how it looks to me. But so there you go, people. So now his whiskey. You need to think high seas, saltiness, ships bobbing about in the water, and pirates going hoy hoy hoy. Exactly. Well, but me to be oh, to be on. on just just one it, one last thing. So just what one. I no, no just one. I. I didn't know that, but this is, of course, this is Scottish. This is Speyside. And this is actually taking whiskey from Glenfiddich, Balvenie, and Kininvenie. And throwing them all together in one bottle. Don't know what the Kininvenie is, but I'm, I'm happy to taste it. I love Balvenie whiskey. So you, that, that double wood, that is just amazing. We all know Glenfiddich. They just make brilliant whiskey as well. So they throw that together and then you get something like this. And so in theory, you could make your own monkey's shoulder. In theory, you can. In theory, you can also create your own uh, Johnny Walker, for example. If you know which 19 whiskies are going in there. Exactly, yeah. All right, cool. Well, while he's opening his bottle and getting his glass ready, let me tell you what I've chosen for today. So I went to uh, my little selection of tasters. Oh, nice. Yes, I have a screw top. He has a pop top. And I decided that I'm going to go with rye. I, you've heard me talk about mm. rye whiskey before. So rye is a completely different taste to malted whiskies in that it's uh, slightly less complex. So if we talk about simplicity, then mine is the simplicity. But the color is just magic. It I love that color. It's orange. It is, it is a, a lovely color, but it's a very dark caramel with hints of copper. That's the color. Copper is definitely there, the red. Um, and you, you look at this, if this was a scotch, I would say sherry, 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 because it yes. has that color. Yes, but yes. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. <gasps> the, the aroma, because it's a bourbon, of course, mm-hmm. um, and it's an old bourbon. So this is a kind of minimum of three or four years, which for a bourbon is, you know, um, can you know, can be quite old. Uh, but it's very light, so you can smell the rye on there. Absolutely, smell the rye on there. And then just like that color. It's kind of very caramelly as if it's, but not burnt, if you know what I mean. And uh, sweet with the vanilla. It's absolutely lovely. So, yeah, it's nice. And the taste. Mm. Rye. Mm. Ah. This is 100% rye. And, ah. and what is unusual for this whiskey is it's got bodies. I'm swirling it around in the glass. It's kind of lining the glass just as if it was a, you know, uh, a ten-year-old uh, kind of uh, heavy whiskey. So is that but is that cask really strength nice. or or is uh, it? no? It's uh, just it's it's whatever the Americans call hundred percent proof. Oh, I'm okay. not sure what yeah. that equates out at, but it's about forty-three, forty-four. Okay. So no, it's not uh, it's not cask strength, but it has that wonderful ryeness about it. Those aromatics, so there's caramel and honey in it, 
Um, mm. And I was looking at the tasting notes, and they talk about red pepper and caramel syrup. Oh. And on the tongue, on the palate, yeah, you get that. That red pepper comes across quite strong. That is mm. awesome. And just I to love finish that. it off, yeah, it is a long finish, which for a bourbon is rare. True. Um, with fading out rye, the oak for the barrel, I don't quite get that. Um, but they, you can feel the barley and the stuff kicking in at the end. This is a lovely mm. drink. I can, you know, the problem is I've got a tasting bottle here, which has got, you know, a couple of shots in it. And uh, I can see that I'm going to have to buy a bottle because that is actually very, very nice. So you know, there you go, that a bit is, of America that is... for you. Rittenhouse 100 proof rye, straight rye whiskey. Very that nice. is the problem with that subscription that we now both have is that yes. we get to ta- we we get these little tasters of such amazing whiskey and then we're just tempted to buy the whole bottle. Just like I bought for example that uh, bottle of the uh, Le Pertuis that we tasted like 20 episodes ago and that was yeah, just so I- good that I got the bottle. And I just bought a bottle of the the smoky one, um, Rocamore or whatever it was. Yeah, Ben Romac. Yes. Yes. So, exactly. uh, but that's exactly. fine, isn't it? You actually get to taste something different, and then when you get chance to get the bottle that you can get in there. Exactly. Anyway, so, tell us about Monkey Shoulder. The Monkey Shoulder. Um, to be honest, I was watching a YouTube movie uh, earlier about people uh, talking about the the five uh, whiskeys that they lose interest in. So when people are drinking more whiskey, they lose interest in some of the, in the maker's mark, in the monkey shoulder. And this was actually the, the first one that they were talking about. And I was thinking, oh, it has been ages since I drank a monkey shoulder. I can't even remember how it tastes. So... I know, I know I had a bottle of it, so I just grabbed the bottle and I had a little taste and I was so surprised that it is, to me, it's still that good. Because you know me, I like my sherry whiskeys, but this should be uh, with a lot of bourbon, uh, with, with bourbon casks, but I get a lot of that, that sherry thing. So I've got plenty of oranges. It's very, very zesty, very marmalade kind of kind of you talked about glenfiddich got... in there didn't you yes yes so that, but also I mean, it's very much toasted orange and uh and sweet yes so but cool also that it. that balvany double wood that i also have a <laughs> bottle of and and i just love that because that is so warm and cuddly and this also has that wintry sprinkle there and on the taste It's such, it's such, it's it's not super creamy, but it has that certain thickness to it. It's got some some fruits. It's got some that toast toast and marmalade. That's what I get when I drink this whiskey. Like that toast and 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 orange marmalade is what I so get. So this is and a Paddington that, Bear whiskey, then, is it? Exactly, exactly. And then Warm it's and got cuddly with Paddington Bear. Yes. Exactly. And then right on the end, there's a little fresh 
peppery, pepperminty tone that is just that just adds a little bit of freshness at the end. And I have to say, I've fallen in love with it again. all over again. And yeah, excellent. I, I have to say because this is a pretty pretty cheap whiskey if you compare that with a Glenfiddich or with a proper Balvany. Um, price wise, it's it's very good, but also taste wise, I think. If you would give this to a whiskey connoisseur who is used to drinking all these expensive, crazy whiskies, and you would serve it to this person without telling what it is, they would probably enjoy it thoroughly. That was pretty cool, but I I think you you're absolutely right. I think you know uh, I remember my I remember her monkey shoulder I haven't got a bottle I have to say I shall put it on my long long list of mm-hmm. uh, of whiskies to put into but it's certainly one that I aim for if I ever sort of um you know hit the bar and see it up on the top there but you're right about that concept of forgetting um forgetting the, where uh, we come from yeah, yeah, too many whiskies. But forgetting the whiskies that you kind of ignore. I think I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago about the J and B, and I've always ignored it, thinking, "Yes, hey, it's a crappy old whiskey." But you know, it has so so many lemon overtones. It really is a very pleasant drink, you know. Um, and and it's in Belgium, it's kind of in every bar. So you know, you kind of. <laughs> You, you kind of start to piss all over these old whiskies that you used to taste until you go back to them exactly. and realize that, you know, this was the foundation of, of my, my whiskey drinking. Um, exactly. These were the whiskies. These were the whiskies that got me into drinking whiskey, into tasting whiskey, into enjoying whiskey. Yeah. But I have to say, I really hate it that I'm not there with you because I would love to taste that Rittenhouse. Ritten, Rittenhouse? Yeah. Rittenhouse. No, Rittenhouse, that's exactly. I was going to make sure we went through it. But mm. so I've got a couple of other ryes, my friend. But you've got a you've got one of the ryes that I have to taste uh, in your rack. I noticed that the um, the one with the green label and the uh, oval circle. And I can't remember the name of it now, but uh, um, uh, yeah, <clears throat> you're looking at it now. The uh, Michters. Yes, the Michter. Yes. yes, I've also got that on the uh, on the tasting list. Uh, yes, but, but anyway, that is for today, awesome. yeah. guys, you got two whiskies uh, from uh, the boys here at uh, Office 365 Distilled. And if you want to listen to this again, then I'm going to give you a new URL, okay? So www.whiskeyatease.com, all one word, no spaces, no dashes, then you can get reminded of just all the tastings that we've done. We're starting to upload them uh, onto a new podcast. It's whiskeyatease.com. That's also going to be the name of our new video channel, which once this lockdown disappears, uh, we'll hopefully have that up and running in the next couple of months. Um, but uh, yes, so the first 10 will be going live in the coming weeks. So uh, have a listen to that. And uh, we will be adding all the new ones more or less, more or less immediately. So, you know, if you yep. like us and you like the whiskey and less of the tech, uh, then uh, go there and catch up with some of the recommendations and some of the whiskies we've tasted in the past. Yeah, but for now it's already in. it's already available on Spotify. We'll also make sure that it's available on the other platforms. Yeah, so you'll be able to mix and match more tech, more whiskey, whichever way around you go with it. We can take it from there. All righty. Well, we're at one hundred and three minutes, or one hour and three minutes. Uh, I think we probably should call it quits. Um, yeah, we should. 
It's good. Interesting conversation. Defining collaboration. Uh, I liked that. That was some good points came out on that. We'll uh, we'll drag them together into the notes and a couple of whiskies. One I knew and one I didn't. So. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Sai Steve here, wishing you a very pleasant evening because it's dark outside now and it, it is night time for us. Uh, so wherever you are, I wish you the best. And as always, my wonderful collaborative partner, Moraine, I will ask him to wish you all good night. I will not define how we collaborate. I will not talk about the characteristics of our collaboration. I will not. <laughs> I will not talk about the tools that we use for our collaboration but I will say that it is a splendid collaboration and dear listener I am so glad that you are here as well to listen to us and to enjoy our collaboration and with that said uh, that's it for me uh, follow me on at Maran Somers on Twitter uh, let us know what you liked, what you don't like. Let us know if you know any other characteristics that we forgot to mention. Um, let us know. And thank you. And see you uh, very, very, very soon. I'm so glad you're back to the long goodbyes, Moraine. I've missed them for such a while. Night, folks. If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine, on the next Office 365.